Today's episode is sponsored by Lead Pages, an easy drag and drop model to create unlimited mini sites or landing pages for just about anything, including social media campaigns or single property sites. Stop wasting time on clunky websites and try Lead Pages today. For a 14 day free trial, you can visit reraw.com forward slash lead pages. Again, that's reraw.com forward slash lead pages. Looking to take you and your real estate business to the next level? You're in the right place. Laying foundations for real estate success? This is the No Fluff, No BS podcast about real estate for real estate agents and other industry professionals looking to up their game. Unfiltered short form sales meetings, interviews with agents from every walk of life, and ramble sessions about everything real estate. Welcome to a new mindset. You are listening to Reraw. And now, introducing your host, James Hoff. What's happening out there, Reraw Nation? Welcome back to another Friday. You guessed it. This is part two. Part two of what was left off last week. Keith Watts says no one cares what he thinks, but guess what? He's the only KW in this office that matters. See what I did there? I did. Boom! I love it. Hey, uh, thanks for coming back. Just kidding. Thanks for staying, because really all we did was chop the episode, because uh, fucking guys like us talk too damn much, dude. But uh, it deserved a whole new intro, just so we could keep rambling. And where we left off last week was talking about tone of voice and text message and communication and leaving voice messages or talking on the actual phone with real uh inflection and all that and like interpreting uh all the language and all that stuff like like just the power of actually picking up the phone and calling we were talking about burning bridges uh if you remember because i know there was a whole debauchery of conversation between the the click to records um but yeah man i i think that I think where we left off last week was really onto something important. And the reason I want to keep talking about it and keep going down this path is because it didn't deserve to be cut off. Like the the power of the power of voice is so underestimated in today's world because we're allowing automated and robotic technology to take over for the voice that we have. And we're replacing ourselves with with like shit that's speaking for us and assigning tone and assigning passion or taking it away from us and it's fucking or up not our, assigning it or or not and it's it's, it's messing us up like it's just ink on a page there's no right. assignment you, it's you, only assigned by the voice in your head in the amount of wine that you drank that day yeah. i mean yeah well it, i mean uh yeah well i'm an english major so if you think about poetry, like the economy of words. When's the hard... last time you read a poem? I read one today. All right, I appreciate that. Keep talking. You've earned your right to speak. <laughs> you want another poem? You want to test me? After this. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, the economy of words so that people understood the emotion, right? Like, right. They, they worked like what makes a good poem versus a bad poem is that on a sheet of paper, you can take a few words and deliver all that emotion. Yeah. So I, I mean, you're you're killing yourself if you think you're a poet and you're gonna try to write something to your client. Well, Pick and up if the you think phone that and talk to them, yeah. And if like like when I write a text message, for example, like I might be sitting there and be like, I can't believe you would think of this. Like this is unbelievable, <laughs> right? But if you think of that exact phrase, I can't believe you would think of this. This is unbelievable, and I'm mad, right? What if somebody else assigned the tone? 
I can't believe you would think of this. I know. This is unbelievable. I know. Right? Like, so so just take that exact phrase. I'm going to do it one more time. I can't believe you would think of this. This is unbelievable. Like, I'm angry. I'm pissed. Like, like fuck that guy, right? But then on the reverse side, I, I, I can't believe you would think of this. This is unbelievable. Like, one's an eye-opener and one's a fuck you. And in this... This, like, think about where you are in your day. If you had a rough morning and then you got a text message about a deal at 11 a.m., then you're going to assign the negative tone. But if, like, if if you if you had good sex that morning and a hot shower and, like, the kids were angelic and you had a big old breakfast with extra bacon, you know, topped with butter, then, like, you might assign, like, the, the more positive tone. And I, I think that we're, we're too quick to jump to the conclusion. And I know you're looking at stuff on my wall freaking out right now. Um, no, 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 keep going. I'm sorry. But no, you're listening. fine. No, I'm, I'm digging. I'm like, I'm like, wow, I think he's, this is a special moment. Like you're in a, you're going deep, but we'll, we'll go to that you later. You look like a worker. It just. I fucking work, dude. I, I know. Like, it, it's it doesn't stop. And just action. And it's not, my, it's not me. And I, I like it though. Yeah, it's I fucking wish I weird. I had some of this. No, nah, it's weird. It's a, this is like the war room, dude. This is just a it weird is. like you know everyone's like what's your studio look like? I'm like I don't know, like a dirty hamper. Like it's just <laughs> there's fucking shit everywhere. All right, get back to your point. It's not don't organized worry about whatever. Off. Well, where I was going with all this is uh, I want to know what poem you read. Oh. <laughs> so how's that for Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I do. I want to know what you read. I, I read The Love Song of uh Alfred Proof Rock by T.S. Eliot. Wow, little T.S. Eliot, huh? I, yeah. I just know that that's a pretty, in a pretty minute, amazing there's time name. for decisions and revisions, which a minute will reverse. Wow. <laughs> it's a short one? Is it's there, pretty long, is there more? actually. It's pretty long. All right. It was published in like 1915. So one of my favorite books, because I'm going to tell you, uh, one of my favorite poetry books <laughs> is... J. Alfred Proofrock. No, it's A Light in the Attic. Yeah. Uh, Shel Silverstein. He I wrote had... uh, Boy Named Sue. Did you know that? People don't know that. Shut up, really? Yeah. The Johnny Cash? Yeah. A Boy Named Sue. Shel Silverstein wrote A Boy Named Sue. No way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a great... I told you I like trivia, man. Dude, that's great. You should be on a trivia show. I don't know if I told you that. Um, you should totally be on a trivia show. Um, I'm gonna, So I'm going to recite my favorite poem. It's not real estate related at all. Uh, it's in The Book of Light in the Attic by Shel Silverstein. And it is... Uh, called the prayer of a selfish child you ever heard it uh i'm, I'm dude the, the the amount of messy rooms as a child i was in where we kicked over a light in the attic and we're the side like a diamond every yeah. room right. I, so i've read every you'll, you'll recognize them 50 times are you ready yeah go ahead now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep and if i die before i wake i pray the lord my toys to break so none of the other kids can use them. <laughs> yeah. Dude, guy's a genius. He's totally a, love like it. Like I said, boy named Sue. Not real estate related, but a little comedic relief for all of you. A boy named Sue is, dude. That's one of the greatest songs. Are you a country fan? Uh, yeah, I'm a huge. Well, yeah, I'm a yeah, yeah. You're a southern guy. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I'm a country fan. I I can't. I can't. I, I, dude, good... I will give you whiplash if you want to get to my musical. So, so I want to, um, I want to jump into something completely different. Um, I feel like in passing the last time we talked, uh, which was all of like 40 minutes ago, cause we just spliced this into two sessions, but, uh, you talked a little bit about the nightmare of potentially negotiating against a part-time agent. Yeah. And I think it came up slightly in passing, uh, when we were talking about dual agency and, 
I feel like I feel like this deserves a little bit more time. And I'm gonna I'm gonna concede that I have a couple of agents on my team that are part time. And this dialogue in no way is intended to be disrespectful towards the part-time agent, but I want this, um, I shouldn't even say what I want because I feel like it's setting, I feel like I'm setting the stage for where I want the conversation to go, which is kind of contradictory to this, but fuck it, like we're already halfway out. So I I want this to be, because I already know where it's going to go, I guess, like I want this to be understood for what it's meant to be. Like, there's nothing wrong if you want to be a part-time agent, but understand, like, where the fuckery is in that equation. Because being a part-time agent is like providing partial service. You don't know everything, and there's a lot of risk to that. And I'm, I'm just curious what your experience is, where you were going. Talk to me about the part-time agent. What does it mean to you? Is there a place for it in this industry? If not, why? Like, there's so much we can go on this, but <clears throat> this is this is what I would really like. I think it would help the real estate industry. Is if I think there's, it's okay to be a part-time agent if you're fully professional. So, like, define that. Well, maybe you only maybe you have to make ends meet. Like, so you have to have a job. Like, what if you're a school teacher and you have your whole summer off? You know. And or what if you have a job? What if you're part time? Yeah, and and here's I just mean, yeah. when I say when I say be fully professional is I mean just fucking tell me you're a part time agent, right? And don't just, try to big dog me. Put that ego away. Just say, yeah, just go. Hey, listen, Watts. Um, you know I don't even get off my other job till four. So like set the expectation. Yeah, is there any way? Fair enough. When we do communications, you call me between four and six. I'll take the call. Because because now we start talking about that angry text message, right? So we'll, we'll tie now, it all together. Now, now, now the expectation set that I don't think you're trying to circumvent. She's protecting her ego. You're not doing bullshit like at 10 a.m. in the morning being like, look at this son of a bitch not hitting me up. Like yeah, you're sitting there going, or, or oh. I'm leaving voicemails. Right. And in her mind, she's going, I can't return that. I'm at work. Like, right. why is he calling me? I, well, actually, I won't even. You're get honest it. about it. I won't it. even get her or his head. I'm just saying, like, there's nothing wrong with someone that has to have another job to make ends meet. Right. Just be professional when you're in real estate. Can I can I define a part of that though, if I may? Because I think that I think a lot of times people interpret being professional with just being polite, and I, I, that doesn't cut it for me. It, no, it's like I it's agree not with you. it's not just about setting the expectation that you can call me between four and six and I'm available on weekends. But other than that, it's tough to get a hold of me or whatever. It, it's also about going, hey, uh, in my opinion, if you're a part time agent, you have the harder job because you and I, if I'm the part time agent, Keith, and you're full time. I'm still held to the same standards of knowledge, ethics, and boundaries, and guidelines, and and everything. Like we're we still operate and have to work within the same playing field, right? But I just happen to be part time, which means that my full time job away from my full time job is to know what the fuck I'm doing in real estate, and, and I can't. I just it, there's so many tangents I can go on, but I can't emphasize enough how important this is to know what you're talking about because, like, like and I've said this before, if you're representing a million dollar deal, there's over two million dollars worth of trade on that deal. The buyer's putting money in, the seller's getting money out. There's commissions paid, there's closing costs, there's fees, and like all this shit, right? There's the did you do you know the average number of people that are involved in a transaction? 
It's like 19. There's 48 people involved in the average transaction. That's a real trickle down. But yeah. I, I mean, so yeah. So let's like, I mean, yeah, that's probably every person. Yeah, so you're let's, talking about the FedEx guy now. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, but, but, let's, but, but, but you're right. Okay. You're right. So out like, of fairness, I'm not arguing it. No, yeah. it's cool. But out of fairness, let's cut it in half. All right. So there's 24 people involved in every transaction. Yeah. I mean, think about that for a minute. If you're an agent with a TC and an assistant, that's three people. Multiply that by two, you're at six. Add a loan officer, a processor, an underwriter, and an appraiser. Now you're at 10. Home inspector. Escrow. Escrow assistant, because we all know they never answer their own fucking email. Yeah, you've got the... Cool. Yeah. So then you've got the uh, home inspector. Escrow receptionist. Uh, yeah. Receptionist. the call to the assistant. Right. So let's add two extra people, just <laughs> like anonymous random people. I mean, we're already up to 16 and I haven't even begun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so the point is, is there's a lot of people involved in a transaction. That's before we get to the repair request. Oh, fuck. <laughs> We need another drink. No, but but where I'm going with this is if you don't know what you're talking about, like like being a part-time agent is not an opportunity for you to say, well, I'm only part-time, so I don't really know. No, fuck that. Like, I guess what? I'm full-time and I'm doing my job and fuck you. I don't represent your client. It's not my job to do your job. <laughs> Play your game. You, yeah. owe, you owe it to your client and part-time doesn't work for you. No problem. Guess what? Guess what a great part-time agent can be? A referral agent. I know. I know. Boom. I, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm in 100% agreement with you. I, I just stop halfway because I, I just feel like people aren't going to do that. You know, like people are too greedy about the money and they don't care about customer service. And it's a family member, so fuck their family member. And... So I would, and they like, and they and they deserve and owe they're owed the business from their family, yeah, right? Because it's so the I'm, entitlement I'm like, world. I'm in 100 percent agreement with what you're saying. Yeah, it's like I'd like meet them halfway. Just return my calls yeah. and tell me what you're dealing with. Like, just give me something to work with. That way, I'm not just over here fuming, looking for blood. You know what? And wanting to drive across town and wring your neck. Like, just just give me something to work with. Communicate with me and let me know why I sent you a repair request response. You gave me a half ass answer it's been waiting we're five days overdue i'm about to cancel on you you're giving me indignant responses to the cancellation you, you don't think i'm serious i'm serious as shit yeah this thing's whole, all about to blow up and it's because you're part-time you don't even understand and the then, stakes and then every now and then you get that little like hey man relax like i was at my other job today yeah, and then but they don't and say then, that no but they, they don't want you to know they have another job but but even if they're transparent about it my response is still like and whose fucking problem is that yeah. Like, it's still not, you know what I mean? So here's, you know, God. At least they, I, I, once again, I, I'm, in, I'm in full agreement with you. I'm just sort of halfway. Between, it's more like, at least that's communicating. Right. What I'm getting from part-time agents is not even that communication. Sure. I'm not even getting the mea copa of, I was at my other job. Yeah. I'm not even getting them to admit they have another job. So, They're, all right. You know what they do is they go, I was in an appointment with a client. Right. Bullshit. You're your fucking other job. Right. Which, by the way, the fact that you feel shame in that and like that hurts your ego and something's wrong, like that's a, you need to go to a counselor for that. Like, I, like, I don't know what to tell or you. Or you need that, to become a realtor. Like our whole industry is just full of these weird egos. Burn the bridge like in that. a different way. <laughs> yeah. Burn the boat. Excuse me. They call it burning the boat. Yeah. Jump in, join us, won't you? So I'm going to, I'm going to dig a little deeper on this because it's something I'm kind of passionate about because it hits home to me. I have a couple agents on my team that are part-time and 
And, and when I say part-time, I'm talking part-time like they have full-time other jobs. Yeah, sure. And I'm still, you know, some people critical. I, I've gotten the criticism. James, you shouldn't take on that agent because you know they're not dedicated. They got a part-time uh, job. I disagree with that. Or they got a full-time job. And my attitude is, no, 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 hold on. Here's the thing. And, and, and if you're a part-time agent, if you're working another job, I don't care if it's an hour a week or 100 hours a day, just just follow me for a minute because I want this to be a, a word of encouragement. This is, And I mean this genuinely. I don't care if you work an hour a week in real estate or 100 hours a day in real estate. But the time that you work has to be well-planned with very specific intention and actions that are going to take place so that you can achieve whatever goal it is that you put down, Right. So if you tell me that you've got a full-time job that works five days a week from Wednesday to Sunday and your only available time in real estate is Monday and Tuesday, look, if you can service a client and close a deal on those two days of the week without help or just a little guidance over the phone or whatever the case may be, then, then knock yourself out. But I want you to very seriously consider what I, I didn't I didn't say this in jest earlier. This is true. Think about being a referral agent until you get enough business and enough money to leave your full-time job or your part-time job and get full-time in real estate. And where, where I where I think that can be really validating is it, I, I get the struggle. Like it's hard to play all parts, but what you can't do easily with part-time work is service a full-time client, right? So if you're working at like, if you're working at Starbucks and that's your full-time job, and someone goes into escrow, like what, you're just not going to answer your phone in like a time sensitive, like negotiation and shit like that. So you're going to text, right? You're going yeah, to text and then text I'm going <laughs> to, it says, what's up? Why are you calling me? And then I, and then you're going to get mad because you assigned the time. Yeah, because I'm not really gonna... <laughs> interested in sending you a 13,000 word text. And you're also not interested in doing my job. Yeah, exactly. So That's it, what a 13,000 word text is. Yeah. It's me doing your job. And telling me what to do and all that stuff. So think about in it, like think about this. If you're a part-time agent, you have less time to dedicate to everything. So what if you dedicated your part-time to one or two very specific things? And what if your one or two very specific things was lead generation and follow-up? So what if that was your two those were your two things, lead gen and follow-up and when you get someone who's ready to play ball, you refer it to an agent on your team. Yeah, I, dude, how sick would that be? And then you just go, "Hey, man, like that ten thousand dollar check." Maybe, maybe because you're so good at lead gen and follow up that you fucking tell your agent, "I want a thirty percent referral right. fee." That's exactly right. And I was you go, going with "So it. I want thirty percent because I'm fucking put. I'm literally Negotiate see this man. I'm works. putting that on a T for you. And uh, dude, right. it could be fifty fifty. It could be thirty right. seven. It could done. be whatever it's the fuck done. you want." But like now you're getting somebody else to play that physical game for you. But you're doing, I mean, you can do the follow-up on the phone. You can check in during the transaction. You do whatever the fuck you want. But think about be like letting go of control of something so that you can actually service the client at their greatest capacity, do what's what you're best at, which needs to be lead gen and follow-up, which will serve you great when you become a full-time realtor. And then, and then get your money, stash it, and then become full-time. Burn that boat, dude. Like... Jump in. I, I think, I I mean, this is like a bigger problem. Just in <sighs> I'm going to breathe. You talk. <laughs> I People, I mean, when, when I told you about my career, like I was always willing to take a step back to learn. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I had other friends talking about base salaries. I have this base salary. And I sure. was always so jealous of them. 
because I was always on commission only. Yep. And my wife was always angry that I was on commission only, and I was she, I was always so jealous in my twenties and thirties of these guys. I I have this ninety thousand dollar base with bonuses, and I'm like, who's giving people that? Right. You know, and uh, I I the the problem I I think with just society in general is what happens is people. They, they want that money so bad, they're not willing to invest in themselves by being patient. Right. And so, like, you get someone named Monica <laughs> who gets a deal thrown in her lap, you know. Monica's and, real, huh? No, no, I just threw that out there. <laughs> and, sorry, sorry, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's not in the business anymore. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just basically does a gigantic disservice to her client. Right completely makes an enemy of an office full of people and uh you know is indignant about the whole thing i use that yeah. word a lot because that's something i experience all the time yeah. like why are you so upset right. i get that from people all the time and it's like because this is so unprofessional it's unbelievable and what you're offering i think is so such great advice is like just forego the big paycheck Right. Take some time and learn something unless you're ready to burn the ship. Well, and by unless the way. Unless you're ready to burn the ship and go. All right? So either go one way or the other. Burn the ship and go or take some time and learn to do it the right way. But don't half-ass it. Don't, you know, don't step into the business. Try to do deals that you're not prepared to do while you're, you know, a barista or whatever it is. Like, just, <laughs> just... You know, learn the proper way. Take your time. It's okay to work for free or to work for less than you think you deserve if you're learning something. It's short. It's short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. I'll say it all the time. And you know, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Is don't worry so much about the big paycheck. You know, and in in real estate, oftentimes we think about the amount of money that's on that check. But what what they talk about when you start, and, and folks, if you're a real estate agent, I mean, you're an entrepreneur. It, whether you whether you realize it or not, you really are. I mean, you got to own your own business, and even if you hang your license under a broker, you're still responsible for your own budget, your own shit. You you pick your structure. Are you leveraging what the broker offers? Is the brokerage offering anything? You know, like whatever. If you focus too much on the big paycheck because it makes you feel good that you made a hundred thousand dollars that year. And that was the one check that you earned, but it took you two years to get it. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Right yeah. now you're down to 50 grand. A year. Like, I guess the point is, is like, <laughs> oftentimes what we do is we value the money more than the time. I, I would encourage you to shift your mind for a moment and and start it, when, when you truly become an entrepreneur, when you truly shift your mindset into a growth mode from from that level of control, you're going to stop looking at how much money does it cost me to make this decision, and you're going to start valuing how much time does it save me to make this decision. So let me give you, I'm going to shift the conversation now to talk about concessions, and this wasn't planned, but it's coming up. Like, there's so many agents that go, fuck that. I would never pay. I would never concede. Fuck that. I'd rather lose the deal because I worked hard. I'm getting paid. I'm making, this isn't my house. This is your house. Like it's your $500 repair. It's your fucking $5,000 repair, whatever. Listen, I understand there's a point of no return. So on a $10,000 paycheck, you're not going to concede eight grand. I fucking get it. I mean, you might if the client is that miserable, but you know, 
we get so critical of the concession financially and we stop thinking about how much time it's freeing up. I'll give you a great example. I had a deal that I had to drive two and a half hours one way to show houses. And some of you already are rolling your eyes back. Chill the fuck out. Is a past client multiple times over and there's no fucking way I was referring this business out. The guy has become one of my closest friends. So I drive two and a half hours to show this property and lo and behold, we get the deal done. Did a lot of front end research to reduce the time that it was gonna cost me while I was out there, right? We get into the deal. There's about $3,000 worth of repairs to be done on the property. It's a $700,000 place. So what are we looking at? $17,500 worth of commission, okay? So think about that for a minute. Two and a half hours one way, two and a half hours back. So now I'm five hours in, right? We I got to do inspections. So now I'm another five hours of driving plus the inspection time. So let's be honest with that. Another two hours there. So now I'm 12 hours into a deal. The rest is paperwork. He can get the key from the other agent. It's not a huge deal, right? There's a few thousand dollars worth of repairs that need to be taken care of. And at the end of it, the deal was going to fall apart. Because I, I sat there and valued how much time, like how much money based on what I made last year, how much, how many dollars per hour do I make? The amount of time it was going to take me and people go, you conceded three or $4,000. I did because the amount of time it was going to take me to drive back out there, do my front end research or pursue other homes, do the showings, get back into escrow, drive out again for inspections, do all this. It, it saved me a ton of time. And you know what the time is worth? fucking money well no nobody uh, why why are agents not thinking this way what what about just client satisfaction like what's I best mean, for them every every other store you go in that has an emphasis on customer satisfaction give, gives bargains they don't advertise they're going to give something sure away. but like i mean if you go in the ritz carlton or anywhere and you're having a drink and you're not satisfied they say well that rounds on us like I don't, I don't know why right. realtors are so protective of their commission. Right. Like if if you're there to. Well, I worked hard for that, Keith. But you didn't done shit, you know. Unless the client's happy, you haven't done anything. So like I, I don't I don't understand why people are so protective of something they haven't earned yet, and they well, haven't earned it until the deal's closed. There's there's a guy that I I used to work with who always said, "Hey, um, actually, I, let me back up for a minute." There's an agent who you know well, and I'm going to relieve the name because I don't want anyone, because I know this person as well, and I don't want anyone to go downhill on this. <laughs> um, but I got a call from this agent, and they said, hey, I got a, a question for you. I've got a client that I've made a lot of concessions to. I've, I've given back about $1,500 in escrow towards repairs, and you know, which is going towards closing costs, basically, to offset repairs. And this agent asked me if I would still... Uh, give a closing gift because uh -huh. they, the agent, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. Sure. <laughs> and uh, the agent, the agent said, Hey, uh, would, would you still give a closing gift? Because I'm kind of of the mindset that I've already given that in escrow. Uh -huh. <laughs> and my response was absolutely. You should give a closing gift because a wise man once told me that it's the last thing that the client remembers that matters the most. If you have the shittiest transaction on the face of the earth, but that person got a $500 gift card to fucking, you know, whatever, Burke Williams, and they spend it on a butt massage, like whatever. They, they give butt massages? I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I'll have to ask Aaron in my interview with her. I love you, babe. Uh, we'll see. No, but, but the, uh, 
you know, the prevailing point here is, is like, I, you know, I've got a two to $300 closing package every time, no matter what. And that's at a minimum, you know, it's gift baskets, bottle of, you know, champagne yeah. or wine. Yeah. You've got, you know, luxury candies, uh, cheese and crackers. Uh-huh. You've got a, at least a hundred dollar gift card to a fine dining restaurant. Oh I might God. send them to Sinopolis. Really? Dude, I swear to God every time. I love that. That's and, terrific. But the reason I do it is because I know that I spend a lot of money on my business it, and like, and it costs a lot for me to market. Client acquisition costs are high. Yeah, no, but dude, I mean, you're I, you're, all, you're right on the money. That's brilliant. But that three, that two, let's call it two to four hundred dollars. That two to four hundred dollar investment, Zillow Zillow charges in this zip code are like four to six hundred dollars a lead. You don't right? even want to know what I spend on. Zillow. I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe we'll talk about it. But the, but my point is, is if it's four to six hundred dollars a lead, which isn't even a convertible lead, like it might take fifteen of those before I get one that actually rolls. I'll ease up. Take it easy. You you do a little better than the average agent. I do. But my point is, is that that like that money invested in the closing gift. Dude, it's a conversation without question. I, I agree. No, it's it goes back to the uh, the goes back to the legendary service. Yeah, right. I like, mean, in the end, it's not uh, the service is one thing. I mean, it's really a numbers game, yeah, and that, timing is really legend. everything. No, like, but that's the legend. That's the story that gets retold. <laughs> right. No, I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You get them the the big whatever gift basket. <laughs> I don't know. So I was always told by the wise man, right? Like, make sure that you always leave on a positive note. I don't it's give true. a shit if you if you concede ten grand in closing costs. Like, you just at the end of the day, you buy God better. And and guys, don't don't overestimate or underestimate. I should say don't, but don't overvalue like the 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 financial side of this. Like, it doesn't have to cost you five hundred dollars in a gift basket. You could send a five dollar Starbucks card and a beautiful note. The point is, is that when you start coming from a place of genuine humanity and thankfulness and positivity, like, and you say, I like, thank you so much for what you've provided for me, my family, my goals, my life, and you mean it, it it changes shit. Also, like I going back to people being protective about their commission, you know, like being worried to spend. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I don't entirely know where that comes from. It might become from abusive brokerage splits like it, it, there's a million places that uh, it come comes from. from entitlement is the yeah, answer or it could come, yeah. yeah right there's I'm a, like, owed it's this. hard for me to know what's going on, yeah. on the other side of the transaction but i can tell when someone's being really tight you know and simple bridges to gap that's and why I they need tell, a butt massage yeah and i can tell when someone's being cool there's a million agents i've done you know not a million but there's a lot of agents where they they've been like would you split this with me and i'll say yeah let's do it let's close this thing we're done. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong. I want to clarify. There's nothing wrong with giving the pushback and saying, come on, man. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, well, this, this is all that. Fair, no, right? no, no. I understand. But my point is, is like, if you feel the need to push, like push back. That's yeah. fine. But like, but at the end of the day, you know, and again, I, I, God, I just can't overemphasize this enough. Put your client's best interest first. Think about this for a moment. If you were the person in those shoes, if you were the client. And you knew that the negotiation was coming down to like 500 bucks out of out of the hand of one side and then 500 out of the other. A lot of times the fucking client would come up with the money. Now, some of you are rolling your eyes and going, that's not true. We had the conversation and, you know, the client's being a dick over a thousand bucks. Right. But are you kind of being a dick? Like, 
if you're making ten Why are grand, you negotiating if, with your client, right? Like you're just, supposed to be an advocate for your client, right? So if you, so my philosophy stands to be true. If you protect your client's best interest first, then everybody wins in the end. Now think That's about right. this: if you protect your client's best interest first, then the agent wins second, and the brokerage now makes the money. And look at what Keith talked about before, where the difference between client agent broker as opposed to broker agent client. Yep. If you protect your client's best interest first, then everybody, agent next and broker third, wins in the end. That's the way it should be. Period. That's the brokerage you want to look for. All right, here's here's a question for you. Uh you're showing a client house, you got a you got a buyer on your hand and and man, they are just they're a tough buyer. They they're qualified, they can totally pull the trigger right now. But man, you went out and you were like, fuck, I think I'm going to lock this guy up in like three houses, like three showings. And this guy is toast. Like, we're good. I got it. And in like 15 houses later, you're still you're still out there. You're still showing them houses. Yeah. When do you like Dude, This is like this has got to be uh, I'm, I swear to God, this has got to be one of Facebook's hottest topics. Zuckerberg, if you're listening, I'm telling you right now, man, if, if you could ask, like, how many houses do you show? Before you fire a client, this has got to be one of the top real estate related questions. So my question to you, Keith Watts, Mr. KW uh, <laughs> himself, uh, and and don't take that the wrong way. He's got his own place, but uh, he is the true KW. What, <laughs> what, uh, how many houses do you show? When do you fire the client? They got to fire me. I'll show them properties until I die. What if it takes five years, man? It's fine. Whatever. And is okay, so give me the logic behind that. Why? Because because my mission statement is to get them what they want. Like I I I may I may have to have to tell them after a couple of years. It's my daughter's birthday. We're not going out this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> we set some boundaries now. <laughs> yeah. Well, the boundaries may get a little stricter. But I'm never gonna stop showing them properties. Guys, That's I want you to, Yeah. So think about if you're if you're listening to this, or since you are listening to this, thank you, um, guys. It all averages out in the end. Yeah, it's it so fucking true, all dude. Averages you out get, in the you end. get deals you should not get that happens so I, fast, dude. I'm and, and and that is the most for real statement ever. Where like I'm not joking. In some of my darkest moments, I've literally been there, going, "Where the fuck." Is my ne- I have no clue where my next deal is coming, and I'm not even joking. Yeah, I'll get a message on Facebook, and it's like, "Hey, I know we haven't talked in 18 fucking years, <laughs> but my mom and dad are selling, and I was wondering if you could call them." And it's like a nine hundred thousand dollar deal. Yeah, it's, and I, you're I, like, I just, I just need to list it. It's going to sell in one day. And like, then you get there. Two yeah, you get there. Escrow and the money's it's in fucking your gold toilets. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? Crystal countertops. It's the most beautiful house you've ever seen with a fucking view that you'd pay for yourself. And like you sit there and go, I so don't deserve this. And then you've got that client that drives you for five years. And then in between that, you've got the quote unquote average client that takes a, a pretty normal amount of time, maybe five to 10 houses. People are too quick to fire clients because I, of their own ego. They're out of their mind. Like I, I made peace with the spectrum like a long time ago when I was door knocking or when I was cold calling, which is the spectrum is at one end of the spectrum, you have the person that you call and goes, oh, thank God you called. Yeah, we right. want to borrow $80,000 from you when I was in the finance company. Yep. 
And then the other spectrum, you've got the office manager bitch who picks up the phone and goes, fuck off and hangs up on you. Yep. Right? And then everything else is somewhere in between those two things. Right. You, and, and, the extremes the, are what we remember. Yeah. But the truth of life is that it's it's actually, we, we talk about life being a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Like, like it's look, just the spectrum, right? Let me, and, I'll throw something at you. It's probably too personal, but she deserves a shout out anyway, so I'm going to throw it at you. Uh, my gra- my grandmother passed away yesterday at 95. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. It's all good. Well, that man. was a good I run. Appreciate that, and and that's actually what I I truly don't believe that she was robbed of a minute, dude. Like <laughs> this woman, we should I, all be so with lucky. with all the hell my grandpa's put her through. I don't know how she survived that long. That guy's still here, but I uh, but I love them both so much, and um, but you know what, like. That I totally lost my train of thought because I got I got like choked up inside for a minute there. Oh, Where I'm we... sorry. No, no, no. Where were we going? Um, You're asking the wrong guy. Oh shit! Where were we going? I totally I, had a good I, got, one. I, I I lost it too. The second you said that about your grandma. no, I, I told like, I totally lost it. Um, what? Tell me what we we're talking about just two seconds ago. This is where he's gonna edit. No, I'm not gonna I won't even edit it. I don't even care. You guys can get the you can get the real James here for a minute. It's all good. Um, um You know, we, we were talking about the spectrum. We we're talking about the spectrum of life's a roller coaster. Oh, that's and, and basically you have on. one end or the other and so like but but you know what? For me in, in my life, my my grandmother's passing was a, like it's a it's a benchmark moment for me. It's a turning of the page, right? Like, oh. like that's over now, and yep. and she's still with me, and we're good. But on the grand scheme of my roller coaster, like that's at the bottom of the barrel because, like, that's my low point. Like, I miss her and I love her, right? I hate that you can't but, call them. But then the tell the, them things, right? I hate it. But then my top moment is like the I got a family vacation right after I quadruple ended a deal that i mean whatever it is and i made a million dollars and here you go and like now i'm on the high right yeah and i remember those points but guess what my grandma's not dying every day <laughs> and i'm not quadruple ending deals every day the average is somewhere in the middle it is and so the roller coaster is strange because we always remember the top right before we go Whoa! Yeah. and fall to the bottom yeah. and then we remember the bottom but we never remember the come up. Like yeah, we don't we don't give sure. credit to the shit that matters the most. And so I, I don't know where the fuck I'm going with all this, but the middle ground is like where we do our business. So yeah, if you're dis- something in between. Yeah, if you're everything discarding else it. Is something in between. And if you're oh, waiting, fuck. if you're like here's the way I, I sort of reconciled it is if if you're waiting for the person to hang up on you. Right. You're out of your mind. That's a bad idea. Not everyone hangs up on you. If you're waiting, or slams the door in your face. Yeah. If you're waiting for someone to open the door and say, thank God, where's your sign? Put it in my front yard. Right. Then you're out of your mind. Right. Like, and, and people only tell their success stories and the losers only tell their failures. Right. And so, like, you, you have this feeling that it's going to be one way or the other. And you're wrong. Like, you got to get in the mud and go, get to the end of the spectrums and then live in between those two spectrums. Yeah. And so, like, when, when I would knock on a door and a guy would open the door and say, hey, motherfucker, you just woke my kid up. He was taking his nap. Fuck you. Get off my porch. And I would go. I'd walk away. And instead of feeling sorry for myself, I'd go. You know, there's a listing right around the corner. Right. <laughs> it, but but you know what? The other thing is, is like 
too often we put everybody in the same bucket. Like nap time's not always at noon. Sometimes it's at two. No, you how can't. Fuck, that, that, that how goes, the fuck would you know? That's a Zig Ziglar thing. That's no, a Zig you know, Ziglar thing. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but Zig Ziglar says you can't think about that shit. Like, if you go and you listen to what what was Zig Ziglar? He was hilarious. His his uh, like straight to the top or whatever. He had a hilarious lame cliche. But the uh, what he would say is when he was door knocking is he would go up to the first house and he'd go, "Ooh, they're eating dinner. I better not knock." And he'd go up to the next house and he'd go, ooh, that guy looks like he's on the floor playing with his right. kids. You've always, Better not knock. Right. You know, and he'd go to the next house and it's like... There's always a reason. There, yeah. You just... You, you, you have to put it behind you and go. And I love... I love... I mean, I love my wife. We were just talking about this. I We've been married for almost nine years now. I've known her for... I don't know. Since we were... Since we were kids. I've known my wife since we were in seventh grade. And uh, I know it's my problem. Nobody feels bad for her. She fucking knows she's going to do RSM right in... Right here on Rancho Santa Margarita. Ranch Santa Margarita Intermediate. Oh, okay. RSM Roadrunners, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I was in a, I was in a Gallo Seagawk. That sounds like your problem. But uh but we met We're the sharks now. I mean, but we meet now <laughs> but we meet now at the common ground of the uh USC Trojans. And uh you know, that's that's the only fucking thing that matters in all of this. Like if you gain nothing else from this, <laughs> the aura alone of being of being in the presence of two trojans has got to be something special do you get this i <laughs> i fucking have that, like, this is a riff do you do you get this i get this all the time and i, I don't know if you get it all right people go you you went to usc and i go yeah and they go god everyone i meet from usc is an asshole you're actually kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> actually uh i don't get that because oh. i'm and, and i'll tell you why because <laughs> you're an asshole i'm an asshole <laughs> In fact, when I'm at open houses, I'm not even joking, dude. People come into open houses and they'll see the way I'm dressed or I'm just very lackadaisical about stuff or whatever. And uh and they're like, "Wow, you uh you're the you're the listing agent?" And I'm like, "Yeah. Yeah, I am actually. What what's up?" And they're like, "I'm sorry, what's your name again?" I'm like, "Well, uh, most people call me an asshole, but my name is James. <laughs> you know, such a nice breaker." For yeah. those of you not listening, James was a Division 1 athlete. You were right. I was, yeah, I was. He was a pole vaulter, yeah. yeah, which I was. is fucking unbelievable. I spent yeah. my time at USC just really not doing anything remotely <laughs> similar to pole vaulting. Yeah, no, it was uh I was I was a walk-on athlete at USC and uh my my claim to fame is is really just to be honest with you was was more about being in the in the presence of uh, of some of the the men and women that I that I was around, no joke. Um, oh no, no shit! Like I had a friend um, that was a discus thrower. Yeah, it was Gordon. The guy was unbelievable. I, I I literally was there like on the track when Allison Felix was running. I mean, it was like that's amazing, I, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, they had a series. I mean, the and I have no, there. I have no claim Did to you fame know they have, there. They have more Olympic athletes at USC than any other country. I I didn't actually know that, ever. but it doesn't surprise me because uh, we're. I in case you guys didn't know, uh, we're. <laughs> I mean, we're fucking awesome. <laughs> so um, wait, could you still clear 15 feet? <laughs> right now? Right now? Oh, okay. dude, no. <laughs> I, dude, like, could I'm you not... Clear like eight feet? <laughs> no, I'm sitting... What, what are we sitting... I'm, I'm sitting in, like, an ergonomically correct <laughs> office chair that's hurting my hips. Like, I'm... Dude, I'm so fucked up. But, but prior to... Prior to pole vault, I, I was a gymnast. Were you? Uh, I, when I was in... I ran track. I got into USC you, could as... Could you do a full split? I, at, a, at one time I could. Oh, uh, you made it very clear you still can't. At one time I could, and I'm going to make it very clear that the only way my balls could touch the ground right now 
is uh, is because I'm is because I'm later in my years. Like I'm now I'm 34 and they hang a little lower. Uh, yeah. 34. You're a young dude. I'm a man. young cat. No, I'm a young cat. But like you know, it's my package not as tight as it was at like you know 17. Anyway, sorry, ladies, <laughs> and uh, sorry, my lovely wife. I, dude, we were talking about some good shit, and I have no idea where we are. So I guess we'll just uh, roll forward, and uh, I don't know. But yeah, no, I, uh, dude, yeah, running track there was pretty cool. I can imagine. I mean, it, it, yeah. I used to watch you guys <laughs> on my way to the bar. Did you see my balls on the on the ground? No, you were a young man then. Oh, I was no. a young Wait, man. What no, years was... were you there? I graduated in 07. 07, my God. Yeah. yeah. So I was a so I graduated high school in 2002. Uh, I was actually committed to go to Gonzaga. So shout out to to one of my besties, uh, Sean Fitzgerald. Uh, I was supposed to go to Gonzaga. We were roomies, had our names on the fucking door. And three weeks before, I was supposed to go to Gonzaga and like literally walk through the door and live there in Spokane, Washington, which, by the way, great. I mean, what a fucking cool place. And part of me wishes I could split myself in half and live in both. I know. But, dude, I... Uh, it's the dual agency party. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a callback, I think. I call anyway, um, no, three weeks before, I got really cold feet. And, I, dude, I'm a super family man. Like, love love my parents, love my, my brother and sister. And, and now, you know, happily married nieces and... Well, I don't have any nephews. No, I, I got nieces. Um, the, only, the only boy is my son. But I just... Um, I just couldn't be that far away. It felt weird yeah, like, to, to be away from home. And so dri driving up the freeway is just enough separation to have my independence, but be close if I needed to you know, hug world. mom and dad. People, people don't understand how, like the difference, it's such a trip. Like Orange County, when I go to the Midwest or the South, yeah, yeah. three hours or they don't even do it. It's so in California, we do it in time. Mm -hmm. Like somebody mm -hmm. goes, where is something? We go, it's 20 minutes. Right. Like you go to Colorado and you ask somewhere something is, they go, it's 19 miles. It's right. 28 miles. Right. They don't do things in minutes like we right. do, which is a weird thing. But it is kind uh, of weird. I know, but we do everything in hours. But you convert it appropriately because in LA, you could be like four miles away, which is like 45 minutes. There's a reason. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure there's so, a sociological reason. Because like if you came from Colorado and you're like, oh, you're in Santa Monica you're and assuming, I'm going to Westwood. <laughs> And you're people are like, the rate of speed that we yeah. People see. are like, okay, so it's like four miles, and they're like, cool. So like, <laughs> I, so I'll be there minutes. in like five minutes, and then like, and then like two hours later, you're like, fuck, I, uh, I actually I had to go, I, I had to go Santa down Monica. to, yeah, I had to go down to Orange County and make a U-turn, <laughs> you know. So no, um, the the uh, what I was what I was getting at is it's such a trip when the Rams left uh, L.A. People were like, well, I'll just be a Charger fan. Right, That's, San Diego is like a world. It's totally that's different. That's a different dude. world. Yeah, totally I know different. it's right here. I know it's right here. But that's people from San Diego uh, are San Diegans. Yeah, they're so different than people from Orange County. And but, well, a few of us that are from Orange County, and then the people from Orange County are so different than yeah the people living. Uh, uh, there are very few Angelinos. There's very few Orange County people. Well, everyone's come from somewhere else. But those of us who are from here have that sort of like it's. To go to to grow up in Orange County and then go to Los Angeles, it, I might as well have been going to San Francisco. It was so different to go into Los Angeles. Oh, dude, for sure. From here, it and was like, crazy. Yeah, I. Well, basically, what happened is I screwed my friend over, uh, and I didn't go to Gonzaga. It was three weeks before 
I, I uh, b- literally three weeks before fall semester. Did you semester, break up over the phone or in person? I mean, I, well, here's the funny part. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't even. I. I. I what I, I'm going to do? I'm going to try to call him in a minute just to fucking see if I can get him on the air for fun. But um, no. What What ended up happening was my mom knew I had cold feet, and she's like, "Hey, I want I want you to get in the car, and we're gonna. I'm taking you somewhere to look at a place that I think you might like." And I was like. All right. I mean, whatever. Where are we going? So I'm not going to tell you until we get in the car. So the the quick preface, and I know this is not real estate related at all, but get to know James and, and Keith a little bit, I guess. Um, I When I was a gymnast in my younger years, I trained with a, a, a guy named Tim Vidmar, Timmy Vidmar, uh, who is Peter Vidmar's son. And Peter is uh, an Olympic gold medalist. The 84 uh, Olympics? Yeah, 84 Olympics. Part. Uh, Palma Horse. Silver yeah. medal, silver, with, with, silver with Connor medal. and what was it, Bart? Uh, I remember the '84 Olympic team. It was uh, anyway. Bart Connor. It was. Uh, it, it's great, I, you know. And that was a big moment. I, I trained with I trained with his son, and Peter would come in and coach from time to time. Well, Peter, uh, Peter's a UCLA guy, and, and I know I hit him too in, in hindsight, but no, well, I love you, Peter. Yeah, the cheap fuckers. No. Uh, anyway, I I had grown a, a love and respect for that school because it's what I had known. Like I competed in gymnastics up there, and like it was my thing. And like my childhood is like fuck yeah, UCLA, you know. Um, and I actually dated a gal from UCLA for a little while, which is a whole other debacle. But um, she was a sweetheart, and uh, yeah, that couldn't have worked out because I can't do the split family, family divided, whatever the fuck it is. Um, which is great. We went our separate ways, but. Um, I'm getting off track. I, my mom got me in the car. I'm driving up to USC and I had no idea. And we get halfway there and I'm like, where are we going? She's going, we're going to USC. And I was like, fuck that. Turn the car, fuck that place. And everybody there, a bunch of spoiled fucking people. I hate it. Bunch dude, of assholes. Dude, we got there and I'm not kidding. I wasn't, a, I wasn't one foot on campus and I was like, welcome home, baby. Like yeah. I was there. And what happened is, uh, Sam Collins, who, uh, God bless you, man, uh, in so many ways has helped me. Um, his his head track coach at Long Beach State, and Sam was a coach of mine in high school, his head track coach at Long Beach State was a guy named Ron Allen. And Ron was the, the coach at USC at the time that I was going. And my mom talked to Sam and said, hey, I don't know what you think, but if he likes it, like, is there any... Like, do you oh, think we could get it? Great mom, dude, and what Sam. A great mom. So, that so it turns so out I loved it. Mom called Sam. Well, she knew. Sam called it. Ron. Or, I'm sorry, Ron Allen. God, I'm I'm such an asshole. I'm sorry. It's Ron Alice. Excuse me. He's retired now. Ron Alice. Uh, Ron Alice was the coach. And uh, anyway, Sam called Ron and said, "Hey, uh, I you know, kids walk on." potential uh could be potential decathlete i wasn't i wasn't the best at anything but i was good at a lot of stuff and that's that's the prime for a decathlete yeah and uh pole vault with my gymnastics background was like that's that's part where you can gain a lot of points and all that right yeah yeah and i'll spare you the event yeah and and i'll spare you the details of my my whole track career but the long and short is um you should have quit smoking dude yeah yeah (laughs) No, I, you know what, uh, the, the one thing, and I, I feel like I mentioned this recently, but someone had, uh, I, I had a big ego issue. So you want to talk about letting go of ego. I felt bad because 
I was like, man, I wish I could get in on my own. And I felt like Sam got me in. Oh yeah. And I was a, I was a, yeah, this is such an important thing to talk about actually. Yeah. So before I go back to it, I was, a, I ended up getting a spring admit. Uh, so hence the graduation in 2007 to set of 2006 because graduate high school in 2002. Uh, but I, but I ended up bailing on Sean, like, like two weeks before school started. Cause I waited that extra week to be like, ah, oh, shit, sorry, bro. I, I couldn't come to grips with telling you whatever. Um, but here's the thing, Sam, Sam did something really special and helped me out and he got me in by, got me in. I, I shouldn't say he got me in. I, I still had to do the work on my part, but like he put in the word, which ultimately helped me because I had the athletic yeah. side that helped me get in. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I had a big ego complex here because I was like, fuck this man. Like this guy helped me. I, I wanted to do it on my own. complex. You're oh, misdiagnosing what? it. That's an inferiority complex. hundred percent. It's not an ego Clarify complex. That. Clarify that. That's inferiority. Like you, you didn't feel like you were up. You didn't feel like you had earned it. That's you felt inferior to it. An ego would be like um, you felt it was all because of you. Right there, you go. Fair enough. So, so I end up hitting up Sam, and I like I had a call. I, like I said, thanks, and and like I appreciate that, and. I had this whole thing. I was like, yeah, I, I just kind of, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of wish I could have done it on my own. Like, I like I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't giving yeah. me credit, you know? Sure. <laughs> and I get chills on this. I feel, I literally told this story in the last week. It's so weird how life happens. Um, but he said, man, he goes, you did do it on your own. I was like, nah, man, you called Ron and, you know, Ron Alice. And, and thank you. I've had experience, by the way. And, he, and, 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 uh, and I was like, no, I know, man, but like you called him and like, it, it, and thank you. Like, it's legit. But I just, I don't know. There's part of me that just wishes I was good enough. And he goes, dude, do you not understand? He goes, if I didn't like you, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. He's like, the relationship that you have with me, like, was, is a hundred percent. stake his fucking career on your, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like your margin like or anything. This was, this was about what I've done before. And yeah. it wasn't like, because I made the guy a million dollars. It was because he loved me as a person yeah, and like felt it was genuine. So I'm going to tie, I, cause I feel like I've been talking for three and a half hours and I should tie this back into real estate. Let's talk about the referral side for a minute. People don't fucking refer you. And, and and by the way, I'm not trying to cut my story off because I think it's a legit story, by the way. If I could pat myself on the back for anything, I like I love it. But like, but dude, it, it's this is like real shit. Like people, the client's testimonial and referral, by the way, is like huge because it's legit. Let me, by the way, I told you I was going to do this. I got to try. Let me call Sean. I'm going to call Sean really quick out of fairness. Sure. Oh my gosh, I can't I can't even believe it. Dude. Sean Fitzgerald. Hello, sir. Oh my god, are you for real? Um I'm not fictional. He is not fictional. Alright. Dude, first of all, I haven't talked to you in forever. And I'm a few yeah. Jack Daniels in. And I'm not deserving of any of your time. But I have to tell you, I'm uh <laughs> I'm recording a podcast right now. And something came up about you, and I wanted to call you live. Uh, you're actually not live on air. It's like pre-recorded. But I had to call you because... I, I know how a podcast works. 
Well, as you know, some podcasts are live. Like, I'm not that guy. I don't fucking do live shit. But I had to, no, here, I'm sitting with my, with this guy, Keith, and uh, I wanted to call you because I was just telling my story about how I completely fucked you over with the whole Gonzaga thing. Sure. That's a good one. And then I was like, and then I was like, you know what? I, out of fairness, because I'm going to tell it from my perspective, um, that like, you know, the woe is me and here's Sean. And, uh, you know, like I, you know, I felt really bad. I waited for a week and he's like my best friend, and, but I still love him and like all this stuff. But then I thought, you know what I should do, uh, to mix things up is I should call Sean and see if you wanted to reflect on that at all. And I don't know if you feel like being on my podcast, but like, I'm not anybody famous. So if you want to. I don't know. We have to figure we could talk for a minute. <laughs> sure. Hi. Why not? So, so my story was that I was the victim and I had an epiphany and I had to do something that was better for me. So I did the right thing. And a few weeks before school started, I called you up and I let you down easy. And uh, I told you that I still wanted to be besties. And I, I went about my way and I went to the better school uh, with, with a superior education and uh, I did what was great for me and my family, which is how I wound up in the, the favorable position that I'm in today. Which favorable position is that? Uh, that, that is for you to disclose and uncover during this amazing opportunity to hear your side of the story. Sure. Uh, so I, I don't remember anything substantially different. I, Remember, we were going to go to Gonzaga, and a couple of weeks before we both left, you decided you're not going to do that. Uh, and then I got to school. Your name was still on the door. I was a little butt-haired about that for about 45 <laughs> minutes. Then I forgot about you for, like, the next five years. Now, hold on. Now, wait a second. All right. I don't mean to get defensive on my own show here, uh, but but for real? I mean, it took 45 minutes? Uh, I mean... 46 I didn't have anything else to do. I mean, you played yeah, Ultimate sure. Frisbee. Don't even fuck with me. Like, you played Ultimate Frisbee a lot. I, mean, I don't think, like, that first week. That first week, I went on a rafting trip, which was really fun. So it was, like, Jimmy Who. But, uh, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of time. There's, no tears were shed, but it was, it was misty. Wow. I want you to know that tears were shed on my side. Oh. Well, that's very sweet. And and everybody, in case you didn't know, um, Sean was in my wedding. So you know we did we did kiss and make up. Yes, much to Aaron's chagrin. <laughs> um, well, cool, man, it, dude. Thanks for taking the call. I, I, on a serious note, how's how's everybody, dude? You you've got a you've you've got an amazing uh, amazing little family going. You doing okay? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, the kids are happy and healthy and only, like, I don't know, 50% insane. Uh, Actually, that's great news. Good. Between right. you and your wife, I figured it'd be 100. Yeah, I was to go there for a while, but we're doing okay. Cool, man. Well, I miss you, dude. We need to uh, we need to catch up on a on a more serious note, but uh, I don't know. I was sitting here with my buddy Keith, and we're we're rambling about a couple of things on this this uh, this real estate podcast. And I said, you know what? I think to do justice to the story, I need to call my boy Sean and see uh, see if I can get somebody live on the air who would actually be willing to let me uh, put his voice on the air. So I don't know. Indeed. Well, it's good to hear from you, sir. Send me the link when you publish. All right, man. Stay out of trouble. I'll talk to you soon. Well, dude. Later. Bye.
Well, um, I got to tell you, I figured making a call may not ultimately end in uh, in an answered call, which is why I strategically waited until this point in the episode. But uh, no, uh, no, Sean, Sean is one of my uh, lifelong friends. Uh, And I say lifelong. I mean, we met in high school, but he's uh, literally every time we talk, it's like picking up where we left off kind of thing. Uh, just a great guy, but uh, where you left him off? <laughs> where I left him off. Uh, anyway, no, uh, great guy, and uh, and and for my life, a great story. And uh, to tie it all back together, I should do the callback uh, of the roller coaster ride because that was a a a poignant moment on the roller coaster ride. But life averages out, and so does the business. So. To close out the fucking ramble part that we were very specifically talking about uh, was the roller coaster ride of when do you fire somebody? And the answer is chill the fuck out, get over yourself. Sometimes, uh, sometimes some of the most beautiful relationships are built uh, with a little bit of investment of time. And I don't know, you don't have to just like cut them loose, play the game. I don't know why you would cut them loose. Fuck it, dude. Like, do you, oh, by the way. My you very, they could refer you someone while you're showing them homes. Have you ever lost a client? Period. Like they, they were like, "I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to sell, and I, and I don't need your help leasing." Like, fuck you, you get to make no money on me ever. But they've referred you business. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, what is the magnitude of that check? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that they went with another realtor. Mm-mm. They, they, yeah, they they just no, not at all. They, they just they decided they weren't going to buy or sell, and yeah, absolutely. They're like this guy serviced us, and you know he did he did a good job, and he was earnest, and yeah, like if if we had to use a realtor, we needed to use a realtor. His name was Ernest. Okay, and then somebody asked them for a referral. They said, "Well, this guy helped us out, but we ended up not buying." But yeah, that's happened a bunch. So. My my very. I've had people refer business to me who chose another realtor. Yep. In fact, yeah, I just had that happen on Sunday, wow. which was like really bitter for me because I thought because it's the Lord's me. Day. I thought he was calling. Because <laughs> <Okay, laughs> it's a Sabbath, I don't work. No, he, was, he was calling me. <laughs> he was calling me. I thought to tell me I got the listing. Oh shit! So when I saw he had an out of area code number. Because uh, it was an investment property in yep. town, in my neighborhood. So, like, I want that listing. And he called me and said, uh, "He picked the I picked up the phone. He goes, hey, I got a friend on the line. You're on a three-way call. And uh, my friend's selling his house in Lake Forest. Yep. And I told him about you. And I'm thinking, oh, this is freaking terrific. And we went right into a conversation with his friend about, you know, the house. And then... When the call was over, goodbye, guys. And then I called the guy back, and he said, oh, no, I had to give the listing to my friend. Yeah. Even though I'm like, what? That is so weird. Like, why would you give the listing to your friend and then call me? Because I'm the better agent. But eh, the business is weird, man. So very first uh, lease deal I ever did. Um, and, I mean, I shouldn't do this right now because I'm just far enough in that I, I'm going to. Don't call anyone else. Should I call him? Don't call him. You sure? Yeah. Let's break this off. Are you sure? Yeah. Quit, let's quit while we're ahead. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, John Edelson, who's also going like to be on the show. I like John. He's uh, a good guy. I should text him while, while I'm here. But anyway, he's going to be on the show too. I, I should fucking call him, but I, I won't. I respect you. Um, anyway, 
first lease deal ever. I was just going to call him to rub, rub, rub the, the sandy beach. And as you know, what, um, <laughs> you know, take that call back on the first episode. But, uh, he was, he was headed out of town on a, on a pre-planned trip and a lease deal came in and he asked me if I wanted it. He said, you know, would you like to help me with it? I know you're new, you fucking rookie piece of shit. I could get some money out of you. And I said, all right, sure. And he was a little more polite than that. And I said, sure, I'd just pay like 20, 25%, whatever it was. And he goes, no, nah, dude, fucking on a lease. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm a newbie. So I'm no, 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 I hear you all good. I, I so John's like, nah, man, 50%. Five zero, not one five, five zero, fifty percent. Now I love now by the way, but and I'm gonna guys, I'm telling you right now, we're gonna go fucking big on this with John because John built his business in California from nothing from zero, zero connections, uh-huh. moved from a different place, built it from zero out here with no connection, no nothing on leasing. Uh-huh. Okay. Fucking huge deal. Yeah. So well, at fifty percent of pop, you can yeah, fifty percent of pop. Yeah, well, not on referral <laughs> leasing. He wasn't making shit on that. But we're talking about like by the time I'm done, a three hundred dollar paycheck yeah, that I split I with the broker I, that I, I then this. split, then I got to pay taxes, all this stuff. I'm like twenty dollars in, right? The brokers take the like Keller Williams takes on leases. It what I wasn't with them at the time. Actually, I might have been. It doesn't well, matter. Say, broker X takes on broker leases. X. I live in a little. Yeah, bubble. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. They take on referrals too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now here's the deal. I ended up getting over two and a half million dollars worth of referrals on that lease. And yeah. guess what? I didn't have to pay him after that. Yeah. Now John didn't miss any of that. John's an unbelievably successful agent. Fucking awesome. One of my idols, one of my role models. I the the guy the guy's great. And and Keith, the the KW that matters. I mean, you've got your own place in the world, so don't be offended by that. No, but um, he john does a lot john does a lot right he does and i think there's different things that we can pick from each person and i agree with that he's got a few things for me that i like i'm like damn i fucking respect the shit out of that and i wish it was more natural but i think he did like 80 leases one year in like his first year ungodly some stupid number but like but that's what built it because then it filled his pipeline yeah, yeah it was amazing but my point is is whether you're working with that client for three years or you're dealing with a a lease that you got to split seven ways, you know, whatever. The the fucking referral is key. Well, I tell, I tell like the uh, our new agents that you know they get something thrown at them that isn't a big paycheck. And I'm like, you know, everything is an opportunity for you right, right now. One hundred percent. Everything is an opportunity for you right now. Yeah, it's not falling out of the sky. Everything is a beachhead. Right. And like any beachhead, you just get a little foot on that soil and then you work from there you know so like people who uh poo poo an opportunity are, are nuts because yeah you, you never know just like the people who get an opportunity and expect it to turn into something bigger are nuts right it's counting, the, chi- it's counting the chickens before they hatch there's the spectrum again right yeah like it's it's the high and the low like yeah everything else is in between yeah it's crazy shit well cool man well I feel like I've taken, I don't know, probably more time of years than I deserve on this uh, quadruple ramble session or whatever we want to call a blast. it. But, uh, dude, I can't thank you enough for being here. And I hope, I, dude, I feel like we talked pretty well. If, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to hear the sound of our own voices. Maybe we should do this again. <laughs> yeah, can you email this to me? <laughs> I mean, the file size is probably a little too big. But, uh, yeah, as long as you can find the fucking I need office. I fall asleep to tonight. As long as you can uh, find the office, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. With that, I don't know, man. You might stay up and uh, you know, 
What's the old saying on the cold calls? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, maybe I will to the sound of my voice. Anyway, guys, uh, listen, we, we've uh, we've been sitting here rambling with Keith Watts. And um, yeah, quick, quick plug. Where, where can we find you? Where can we get you if we want to stay in touch for, for some ungodly reason with you? Uh, I know. Elisa uh, uh, Viejo, Keith Watts, Watts Team Real Estate, um, wattsteamhomes.com. Cool. I'll put the uh, I'll put the website on the uh, in the show notes, and you guys can all check it out. Um, yeah, man, this was awesome. It was so fun to hang out. Yeah, thanks, dude. Thanks for thanks for the jack. Thanks for the beer. We've had uh, we've had probably more than our fair share, but uh, always fun to ramble and and just kind of get it out. You know, that's what the Friday ramble is all about. And uh, we got to just play it that way. So there's always topics and subjects that are left unturned. And let me tell you something. If you want to ramble with me, if you want to get on this show, if you've got something to get off your chest, if you've got a story to tell, a war story on that on that point, or uh, I don't know, maybe something that you're just confused about and uh, hopefully real estate related. None of this like foofy bullshit like we talked about today. But uh, <laughs> now if you got something you want to talk about, then you can either send it in and maybe uh, I can ramble about it with my next guest or what the fuck. Maybe you could be my next guest. So uh, hit me up, reraw.com. You got our detailed show notes, talks about everything that we talk about on the show, tools, tips, tricks, resources, all that good stuff. And then on a quick uh, self-promotional side note, I've gotten a lot of requests about coaching. I'm not taking on everybody because I'll be honest with you, I'm still selling houses. I'm still building a team. I'm still podcasting. My time is spread out quite a bit. Uh, but as time permits and as opportunity presents itself and as I become more efficient in my growth pattern, I am taking on a couple of people. So there are a couple of slots open and available. You can hit me up uh, through rerod.com. So visit the website. Reach out to me if you want coaching. Uh, we can talk and see if it's a good fit for you. I'm not a good fit for everybody. Not everybody's a good fit for me. That's totally cool. Uh, but we are building out. Uh, a wait list for anybody that that wants to jump in i do have a couple slots open effective immediately and we can play that game and more importantly away from the self-promotion thank you keith for being here and remember something when you're out in the field you guys real agents work they fucking work they work hard and uh you've you've just you've got to be one of them you've got to play that game you eat what you kill and there is absolutely no mercy out there so play the game play it hard have fun and uh, we'll probably catch you on the Monday morning sales meeting, you guys. Have a great one. Take care. Today's episode is sponsored by Lead Pages, an easy drag-and-drop model to create unlimited mini-sites or landing pages for just about anything, including social media campaigns or single-property sites. Stop wasting time on clunky websites and try Lead Pages today. For a 14-day free trial, you can visit reraw.com forward slash lead pages. Again, that's reraw.com forward slash lead pages.